0: Ladies and gentlemen, in order to achieve an R rating today, a motion picture must contain full frontal nudity, graphic violence, or an explicit reference to the sex act. Since this film has none of those, and since research has proven that R-rated films are by far the most popular with the movie-going public, the producers of this motion picture have asked me to take this opportunity to say, fuck you.
1: The Super Bowl. A game where homoerotic men reach between each other's legs to fondle balls and give each other concussions for fun. And a nipple is your problem? Radio Drone. I'd say welcome to a Thursday night at Radio Drone, but you know you don't want to be here. I don't want to be here. Nobody wants to be here, but we're here. We might as well make the best of it. I'm Josh Hadley. With me, as always, is Peter Shows Up Sometimes Gogic.
2: Hey, I want to be here. I always want to be here. You're not always here, though. Well, there you go. Maybe that's it. Maybe it's the lack of being there, so I'm actually excited to actually be here when I am. Cecil the Robot is here. I'm tired. <laughs> of
0: me how could you be tired of me maybe like i i i want to be here but i don't want to be here maybe how about that and sitting in with us tonight for a
1: very special topic special in quotes is frederick fritz hello i'm here you here, forget about it Huh? Yes. i already i already forgot about it <laughs> i'm
0: so alone
1: all that said before we get into the topic guys go to adamandeve.com use the promo code drome and you will get off of any item, three free DVDs, a free mystery gift, which is a clit bumper. I don't know why they still keep calling it a mystery gift when it's a clit bumper.
0: And well, it's because it's a mystery. Like we still haven't figured out exactly what it does. Well, you're going to have to try that. You're the married one. I don't (laughs) I was going to say I don't have a clit, though. (laughs) Well, you you live with one. I, I do. Well, I live with you know, I live with like an entire thing what something, what's, what's that, something that has one. one. Right. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> and now that we've alienated all of the female audience. <laughs> tonight's topic is going to be PG-13 and what happened to PG-13. PG-13 didn't used to be as kind of pussified as it is when PG-13 started out. You could get away with a lot in a PG-13. And in fact, we should probably back up a little before that. You could get away with a lot in a PG movie before PG-13 existed. What does PG-13 mean to you today versus what it meant
0: to you in your youth? Well, I did an entire video on it a while ago, and uh, I was talking about how drastically it changed. Like when I understand certain things to a certain degree... I recognize the need for the PG-13 rating. There's, you know, to have that buffer between PG and R. It's because it would make them be able to kind of do things that they couldn't get away with in a PG movie and stuff that wasn't quite bad enough for R. But it got to a point where recently uh, what studios were doing was they were recognizing R-rated movies were like the bane of their existence. PG was like that sweet spot. You could get all that, uh, you know, that teen money that would uh, go see the movie. And so they would take movies that were initially shot to be R and then they would edit them down to be PG-13. And the problem is with that, there are certain things that like you just can't remove. For example... Uh, there was a movie that came out a while ago called Stay Alive. There was an entire subplot in the film that was fairly violent, and it kind of keyed on one significant point of somebody being murdered. Well, there was no way that they could... I mean, the movie was already shot, so there was no way they could kind of get around that and get that released PG-13. So they completely removed this one story arc uh, and released the movie as PG-13. So then when the uh, people went and saw it in theater, the movie didn't make sense because there was a pivotal part in the movie that they completely removed. Mm -hmm. And that's one of the major problems with this, is you've got the people that are looking into this. They're not looking at it from an artistic perspective. They're looking at it from a money perspective. They don't care if the movie doesn't make sense. They just want it to fit into whatever peg they have. So, you know, the whole Mm -hmm. square peg round hole. It's like, we don't give a crap that we're altering the movie and people aren't going to like it. We just want to take this, remove whatever, and make it so that it uh, falls under PG-13. And there's been so many movies where they'll release them as PG-13 in the theater, and then they'll put them out as R-rated on home video, and then you see the R-rated version, and you're like, this is a really good movie. What the hell happened? And unfortunately, there's some movies that they don't even get that benefit of the doubt, where kind of have this idea where they'll release it as PG-13, they'll make their money, and then they'll make more money by releasing it as R. But some of them, they don't, like the movie will flop in theaters, and then they won't bother putting the uncut or R-rated version out. So we'll get the PG-13 version in theaters, it'll flop, then they'll put the PG-13 version on home video, and then that'll flop because the movie, it stinks. They they took out the soul of the production.
2: Well, they were definitely able to get away with a lot more with the PG-13 in the 80s and the 90s because I know a lot of the movies I grew up watching the ever-loving shit out of were PG-13, you know, like the the first uh, Batman Tim Burton movie, Ferris Bueller's Day Off, movies like Red Dawn, Big Trouble in Little China, which today I think if you were to release uh, a lot of them, at least in the way that they came out, like Red Dawn, if you watch it, it feels like an R-rated movie. There's you know there's swearing, there's people being shot, you know it's very very grim in its nature. Big Trouble in Little China is definitely more adult humor. Same with Ferris Bueller's Day Off, and, and just movies that are surprisingly dark even though they have a rating system that would be make it easier for for kids to go see it like like tim burton's first batman is a very dark film you know, people, again people get killed in it uh it's it's very again very very kind of grim and, and moody and atmospheric and uh doesn't seem like something that would be pg or pg-13 it seems more like it would have uh an r rating and if you compare a lot of movies now that have the pg-13 rating like a uh, nice example would be uh, or I guess a bad example, because it's a fucking terrible film, would be the RoboCop remake, which came out PG-13. And it's a completely neutered film. When when people get shot, they just drop down super quick. There's no blood. They, they try to show as, as absolutely little as possible. And it feels nothing like any of the PG-13 movies that, that came before. Doesn't even have nearly the same impact as, obviously, the original R-rated version did.
1: When it comes to RoboCop, when the PG-13 RoboCop 3 is more graphic than your PG-13 yeah. RoboCop remake. You have I was screwed actually, up.
2: I was actually going to get to that. I was going to say that uh, RoboCop 3, as a PG-13 movie, was able to get away with way more. And did, even though it's a pile of crap by by what uh, happened with the production anyway, I still find it pretty watchable. But it was obviously the worst one of, the, of uh, that franchise. It still did so much more and got away with so much more than the RoboCop remake did, which both of the same rating just came out in different times. It just shows you that the, the rating system has changed and the MPAA keep changing the rules and it's, it's fucking annoying. Even a, and another example like uh, of movies that I'm actually surprised by that are PG-13, watching them again now uh, and watching them when I was a kid before a movie like Critters is PG-13. We used to have some really good PG-13 horror movies that still stand up and you remember them as R. Then you go back and rewatch them and it's like, wow, that was, that was PG-13. That's uh, it's, it's pretty sad when you look at the, the state of uh, the rating system now and the, the state of uh, kind of films in general. Well, uh, to put a slightly different spin on what's already been said, uh, if you go
3: backwards in time uh, to the movie *Planet of the Apes*, that's a G-rated movie, and you look at it today, and you kind of go, even back then, how did this get a G rating? You know? Yeah. And over time, I, I think what you've seen is is just, I guess, Hollywood sort of placating any time a concern is raised. You know, the later *Planet of the Apes* films went to PG, even though in some respects, some of them were less violent than the original and the first one even had nudity and then as you go on you see pg films that some of them are shockingly intense uh graphically violent i mean the one that shocked me back in the day was jaws that was pretty shocking for back then you know what i mean it's Mm -hmm. it's got gore it's got brief nudity it's uh, profanity a pretty decent amount uh, I'm not saying it's, you know, offensive. I'm just saying, you know, for that time period, especially it was, it was pretty intense. So then you come up to the period when PG-13 is invented and most, most people know this, but there were three films that brought it about. It was Gremlins, Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom and Romancing the Stone. You could argue the, the validity of this thing, given the, the, the types of movies that came before and what they were rated. But apparently these three movies just all hit at one period and just raised a fuss. It was, you know, that perfect political timing. You know what I mean? It just mm. it hit right at the right moment. Hollywood just created an arbitrary rating system that, in my opinion, honestly changed nothing. <laughs> it, the same kids that went to see those PG movies that were so violent, they were there at the PG thirteens, I promise you. You know, at first, it was that kind of forbidden fruit thing, like uh, uh, Peter brought up Red Dawn. And I remember when that one was announced and the kids all said, oh, this one's PG-13. Well, you know, that film would have been PG had it not been PG-13, I believe. Uh, yeah. That's my opinion. But I think it would have if, if the political outcry hadn't occurred, is what I'm saying. It just added another selling point that they could find a way to exploit. I mean, for crying out loud, not too long after that, the movie Beaches was PG-13 because they say the F-bomb one time there's literally nothing in that movie. You know what I mean? It, it could have easily gotten the PG. It's sort of an arbitrary thing. I mean, you guys remember when there was a GP rating? That was a big success. <laughs> well, because well,
1: part of the problem with PG-13 is also one of its benefits. I agree on paper that there are movies that might be too hard for a PG rating, but definitely not hard enough for an R rating. So I didn't I don't disagree in theory that there should be something in the middle there. Initially they did it right. You look at the maybe first 3 or 4 years of PG-13's existence, there are movies that are a little more graphic than you would think a PG movie should be, but really would not have qualified for an R. Sometimes the ratings are why people go see movies. When Prom Night was made in 1980, it originally got a PG rating, and Paramount freaked out. Nobody's gonna go see a PG-rated slasher movie, so they gave extra money to go film extra gore scenes so they
0: could get an R rating. Man, times have changed since then, haven't they? That would never fly now. Like they would never try to, uh, you know, make it worse than it was. Uh, that's that's just insane. Do you even
1: subscribe to the fact that in the original slasher boom, nobody would have gone to see a PG rated slasher film when, let's face it, it's really the same movie. It's just
2: a little less gory. Yeah, that seems very uh, uh, like they're, they're trying too hard to sell it and like uh, they're trying to like pull in that audience as hard as they can. Obviously, there are harder horror movies and they do need that R rating and some are a lot more gory and, and stuff like that. But that's just it's just ridiculous.
3: Kind of tying in with what I
2: said earlier, it doesn't
3: surprise me. They've they've always gone where the winds are blowing. Today, and well, they've done this in the past, but today we know very well that they'll add scenes to a movie because they're afraid they can't even get, you know, that soft R. Uh, so yeah. they'll add, you know, sequences and they'll say, oh, we'll be glad to cut this out, of course, intending to all along. It, it's where we are currently in time. I mean, you know, we're in the post Grand Theft Auto period of life. You know, we're... Everyone's arguing this causes violence, that causes violence, that causes teen pregnancy. (laughs) And it's just the climate change. And I'll bet you in 10 years from now, if we were getting together to have a discussion, we'll be talking about some other trick or piece of hype they'll be using to, you know, get people into the movie theaters. Then whatever the rating might be, the ratings are somewhat arbitrary,
1: but at the same time, they they also speak, I think, heavily to the time that they're from. As Fred pointed out, early 1984 was why PG-13 was invented – and then it came out in mid to late 1984, which there are three movies that all claim to be the first PG-13 movie. You've got Red Dawn, which was the first released. You've got The Flamingo Kid, which claims, because it had a limited release a week before Red Dawn, even though it wasn't released nationwide until six months later, The Flamingo Kid claims it's the first PG-13 movie. Dreamscape claims that they were the first movie ever assigned a PG-13, but due to their post-production... They didn't come out until after Red Dawn and Flamingo Kid. Whichever movie you want to claim is the first PG-13 movie, fine. Whether you want to go chronologically or whatever. But I'm looking at 1984's PG-13 movies. And a lot of these, I think, did deserve a PG-13. Red Dawn, as we discussed, yeah. Dune, it's relatively graphic in some of the violence and whatnot. Yeah. Yeah. Johnny Dangerously, there are adult jokes in that that I'm surprised that was not an R-rated movie. Mm-hmm. Night, Night mm-hmm. of the Comet, not quite an R, but definitely above a PG, thir- or PG. You've got Runaway, the Michael Crichton movie that was fantastic. You've you've got movies that kind of played with graphicness a little bit, like, like the Mel Gibson, Sissy Spacek movie, The River. There were scenes that needed to be somewhat more graphic, but it didn't revel in it. You have intense thrillers like Firstborn with Peter Weller and Terry Garr. And then, of course, something like Dreamscape. I mean, can you guys look at a the, the, uh, stable of movies like that and say that those movies
3: really weren't PG-13, that they really w- deserved a PG? I got a story. Yeah, uh, it's funny. You brought up Runaway, and I think this is a great example. That film is tap dancing on R, okay? So I agree with what you're saying. Uh, I, was, I was forced to take my niece to see that film, and she was 12 at the time. I even told my mom and my sister I said, I don't think this is a good idea. I mean, (laughs) just from the trailer, I'm like, I don't think this is a good idea. I am not kidding. We got out of the movie theater. My niece went into the the bathroom and hid. She was freaked by that movie. That movie flipped her out, you know, because it's got those little spider uh, robots and they're injecting acid into people's throats and people are exploding being set on fire. Yeah, I do think that there are films that definitely utilized it. Uh, you know, otherwise they would have probably had to cut a couple of moments to get that PG. I said about Red Dawn earlier would have probably been a PG. Yeah, they would have probably had to cut a little here or there to get it. Yeah, th- those films, especially several of those you mentioned, definitely. But <laughs> Runaway. I'll never forget that
0: Red Dawn. Yeah, Red Dawn definitely uh, was was edgy. Uh, I think that uh, I think that it it needed to be, though. They made it. uh, They didn't revel in it. But still, in order to tell the story that they wanted to tell, it had to be fairly violent. And uh, a good counterpoint to that is if you watch that movie, uh, that one was PG-13. And then you watch the remake, which is PG-13. And on top of the fact that the movie sucks, there was just like no violence. Uh, like everything, like people got killed off screen. And in this, uh, in the original, there was a scene where they were holding the one guy who was a traitor. They just lit him up with an AK 47. There are a whole bunch of exit squibs on him. So, yeah, yeah that's then, pretty graphic. It was very graphic, and then uh, with uh, with the remake, you would see people, and they would be like, bap, 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 "Ah," you know, and they would just kind of fall over, and they would have like no mark on them, no nothing, because that's the other thing too that a lot of these are doing. What they're doing is uh, they'll have, see, C- you know, because they don't do the squibs anymore, which is really infuriating. They'll do the CGI blood, so sometimes you'll get somebody that'll get shot. And nothing will, you won't see anything. And then the home video release, if they put it out unrated, now all of a sudden there's the little, you know, uh, blood mist, and it looks horrible. I just I I hate that they're they're really overdoing it. Or if it's they want to go really overboard, it's like the blood you know uh super splurt. So it's like this somebody gets shot and it's a really bad CGI blood splotch. They were very much falling under what the uh, rating was there for. They were curting the line. They were pushing the PG thirteen rating. One thing that was interesting that was really irritating. The original um, Guyver movie came out and it was rated PG when it went from VHS to DVD. They had to put it in to get re-rated and the studio rated it R. They had to go in and edit the movie that was already given a PG that was already given a PG to come back down to PG-13. But they had to remove material to give it a rating higher than it already was. Which (laughs) is... Ridiculous. It's like if they were given a rating they should be able to stick with that rating. I think it's nonsense that now, because uh, things have changed, that now they have to go in and re-rate something like that. And that's where PG-13 really starts to screw things up, is because uh, we've got this weird morality that happened uh, post-2004, when all of a sudden uh, everybody started to uh, look at things and become more offended by things, and consequently everything became much more offensive, even though nobody had a problem with it prior to this point
1: johnny dangerously <laughs> i can't but i've watched that movie a couple of years ago for the first time in maybe 20 years i couldn't believe it was only a pg-13 that you movie harging
3: ice whore yeah yes. that movie is
1: graphic
0: as hell and it's like damn the uh the target audience for uh the you know, a PG thirteen Johnny Dangerously, ninety-nine percent of the kids that probably watched that didn't get it. They were oh god, it's in black and white. You know, and they they it's didn't not in black see... and white. Wasn't it in black and white? Or was it Only only the beginning is in black and white. I remember it being in black I remember the whole thing being in black and white. No, oh, it's in color huh all right it's been it's been a while since i've seen it i for some reason i thought the whole thing was in black and white oh well well even still that old timey you know gangster uh spoof can't see in
2: general uh the audience at the time really being into that red dawn like we've we've kind of uh talked uh, that one at great length but that one definitely skirts the line i mean it's that's one that could very easily have been R-rated just because of the uh, intensity of the violence and and the intensity of the the storyline as well. I mean, it's it's like the a really a really uh, frightening invasion of, uh, you know, uh, of a country, militant forces storming and shooting teachers and, you know, enslaving people and locking people up in POW camps and having to survive in the woods. And it's it's a very uh, carnage filled film. And then you compare it again to the to the PG-13 remake. Both films are PG-13. And just the the remake is uh, just completely neutered, the movies that actually skirted the line uh, to the PG-13 stuff we're getting now, it's such such a painful difference.
1: Well, but then as we moved into 1985, now PG-13 has had a year to become established now. I'm looking at the slate of movies from 1985, and again I'm going, yeah, these needed to be PG-13. Stuff like National Lampoon's European Vacation, mm-hmm. Weird Science, Police Academy 2, Mad Max Beyond Thunderdome, Ghoulies, Red Sonja cocoon eh? cocoon maybe remo williams the adventure begins desperately seeking susan turk 182 these are all movies that yeah they were harder than what a pg should be but an r would have been too hard even something like like the big oscar darling the, co- the color purple pg 13 did it need to
3: be Kinda. There's something interesting when you guys use Red Dawn as your example. And the one thing I've always noticed that ratings were, at least back in those days, were uncomfortable with, it seems to be not so much gore or sex even, but the emotional resonance attached to those things. The the more intense a moment was in a movie, that seemed like they were more likely to get the PG-13. In Red Dawn, of course, we talked about the scene where they have to shoot their own friend. I think that the PG-13 has as much to do with their shooting their own friend as it does the bullets. This may be seem like a weird example, but Evil Dead 2, I always thought was the lamest non-rated slash R-rated movie ever. Because in my mind, that movie's PG-13. Okay. It really is. But the standards of the rating system is like, for instance, they have a a guideline because he cuts his own hand off. That's self-mutilation. That immediately knocked it over into the hard R X rated category for that movie. Mm. Just for that moment, it doesn't matter that it's done very comically and silly and it even puts a book on top of the, you know, the pail that says a farewell to arms and it's obvious it's <laughs> supposed to be silly and stupid. It doesn't matter. But they had these guidelines and it seems like they were rating not even so much the graphicness of it, but the intensity Of it, which may be why I said Beaches earlier might have gotten the PG-13 because it deals with very emotional issues. You know, uh, a woman dying of cancer who has a child, strained friendships, adultery. You know, very strong emotional factors. I think that that was probably as much of a factor back then, and not nearly as much of a factor now.
1: Isn't isn't that in a way though then punishing the filmmakers for doing their job
3: too well? Yes. In fact, I think that's part of the problem. Um, You know, again, with something like Red Dawn, it's a little hard to say because they're not telling a story. They're making a product at that point. You know, they're doing the remake.
1: uh, Okay, let's leave Red Dawn out of it. Okay. What about like Dreamscape? You don't know how many kids were scared shitless of that goddamn snake monster. They were going to make that if PG-13 didn't exist and that movie would have gotten an R because of that. Isn't that punishing the filmmakers for being too good at their job then?
2: I'd say that's uh, definitely it's definitely kind of punishing the the filmmakers by, you know, they did their job. It was either meant to be scary or meant to be intense. And then you're lambasting them for it. And I, I never understood that. You know, some, sometimes the studios, uh, not even sometimes, most of the time, the studios really don't get what they actually have. And they have to meddle with it and fuck with it. And it's the worst.
0: Oh it's still terrifying. Uh the the thing is the uh, it, it's not it's not gory, it's not violent. Tone and mood is normally a lot more scary. You know, I like the violence and gore as much as the next uh, horror fan, but uh the movies that genuinely scare me are the ones that are tonally scary where stuff like that happens that's completely unexpected and it's not a jump scare. It's just holy shit. You know, he rips his head open, this d, de- you know, the snake demon thing comes out. It, it's, um, it's very effective, and that's something that, uh, may have been, you know, a little too much for PG, but perfect for a PG 13. And if they're gonna try to, if they were trying to push that to R, it would be ridiculous because it doesn't fall under any of their guidelines. And, uh, if you've ever seen that documentary, um, this film is not yet rated. They talk about the hypocrisy of a lot of that stuff where you can say this so many times, you can say this so many times, they have their checklist that they follow. But then even sometimes with that, they go off brand where they're just like, all right, well, um, this follows all of these guidelines, but it doesn't feel right. Or uh, they had a big problem with uh, like uh, anything with homosexuality. If there was, uh, you know, two gay men kissing, it would get a an R. But if it was like a man and a woman having sex, then they were OK with doing that as PG-13. And it just kind of showed how ridiculous that was, where they were really pushing it too far, uh, you know, with their own puritanical beliefs. And mm-hmm. uh, that was when it kind of got really muddy and uh just irritating and it made made the whole thing more of a mess than it really should have been
1: well but then you also had to deal with themes look at a movie like red sonja the theme of that movie is a rampaging gang of lesbian rapists who are trying to who sonja is trying to stop and she has that line that because she was raped the only man she can ever accept is a man who can best her and beat her so basically, you have to rape her to win her heart. Rape is a central theme to the Red Sonja movie. I'm kind of surprised that's a PG-13,
0: even by 1985 standards, you know? Well, I think that, that it's also because the rest of... Like, that is bad, but the rest of the movie is so silly. I think it almost, like, makes you forget that that's a central point of the whole thing because it's just it's goofy I mean I like I like Red Sonja I think it's like a fun movie but that's the thing you don't really think about the rape and all that stuff you just think about oh she's flipping around and she's fighting Arnold Schwarzenegger and then uh uh there's uh the the um the little chosen one kid in it, and just a lot of goofy uh, old puppetry and stuff, and so I think that really factors into why that ended up getting the rating that it got.
1: But then you also have movies from 1985 that that were somewhat lambasted for being PG-13 when they when they're a sequel to an R-rated movie. But then I look at it and go, they didn't need to be. National Lampoon's European Vacation. It didn't need to be R. Police Academy Two. It didn't need to be R. Mad Max Beyond Thunderdome. It didn't need to be R-rated. I don't feel that those movies being PG-13 was a black eye against them the way critics at the time did. They were like, oh, you couldn't make an R-rated sequel to an R-rated movie? They didn't need to.
2: For one, Mad Max Beyond Thunderdome definitely didn't need to be R. It's not an R-rated movie. It's to PG to PG-13. It might as well be G. He hangs around with a bunch of kids. He sucks. But but yeah, it it didn't need to be R. (laughs) This one's a little harder
3: for me. I'm gonna say that the thing with European Vacation and Police Academy Two, the first problem I have is, did they need to exist? Uh, <laughs> that's that's the first problem I have. Hey, hey,
1: hey! Um, I like
3: Police Academy Two, okay? Uh, well, uh, to be fair, it is fun. I, I feel like that's a R-rated movie masquerading as a PG-13. Honestly, it, it it feels it's right on the edge of it, and it just feels like maybe they had a note or memo come down, hey, tone it down a little bit and we can get a PG-13 for this. They were obviously going with a new demographic at that point, because then the next film was PG. As far as European vacation is concerned, I have no comment. I don't know what to make of that movie. It's, (laughs) It's seriously, that film is a mess. It is just a mess of a film. Mad Max, however... That film is is really hard to because these were all troubled p- productions and you know George Miller left halfway through the film, uh, partially because he was being told by the studios what to do and partially because his best friend, a stuntman, had been killed on the set of another movie and just all these things culminated and he was done and so the studio took over and they got exactly what they wanted. So who's to say? I mean, I don't think Mad Max Beyond Thunderdome is a bad movie. It's a very flawed. Movie, but it's not a bad movie. However, I can't help but wonder uh, what a George Miller vision untainted by the studio would have looked like. I mean, maybe it would have been a PG, PG 13, maybe it would have been an R. So, Well, then
1: as we move on to like 1986, and we're not going to go every year here, but like 1986, you're starting to see a shift already happening. Like Fierce Bueller's Day Off. Eh, it didn't really need to be PG 13. That to me is a PG movie. Little Shop of Horrors, the remake that absolutely did not need to be pg-13 crocodile dundee maybe iron eagle that's a pg movie why was that pg-13 critters Uh that needed to be the golden child yeah i could see some of the intensity otherwise really golden child is a pg movie it really should be it really should be solar babies there's nothing in that that should be a pg-13 movie king kong lives there's nothing in that that should make it a PG-13 movie. Same with Raiders of the Living Dead. These are movies that really are PG movies that I think at this point, the PG-13 rating was that sweet spot. Like Cecil had talked about earlier, we, we know we're going to get a larger audience at a PG-13 than we will at an R, so just pull it back a little bit. Like, like Back to School. I think it's a hilarious movie. It's only about two jokes into PG-13. The rest of it's a PG-rated film.
0: But there was nudity. Which is, you know, one of the things. Which, at the time, was, like, still, you know, PG. Because it was non-sexualized nudity. Airplane has nudity in it from 1980, and that's PG, yeah. That's what I'm saying, you know, uh, Beastmaster, uh, Sheena, you know, yeah, there's lots of uh, PG movies with nudity in them. It's just it's non-sexualized nudity. Once it gets sexualized, then is when it becomes, you know, ventures into R territory. Which I guess is what my question is.
1: We're already starting to see movies that don't need to be PG-13. They weren't graphic enough for an R, but they thought they could make more money if they edged it up just a little bit. Something like The Wraith or Iron Eagle or or Little Shop of Horrors. There's absolutely no reason for those to be Uh, PG-13.
0: Under the Cherry Moon? Come so on. Wraith had rape and a murder
2: in it. Yeah, and nudity yeah, and sexual some, uh, content. Yeah. There's definitely some intense moments in uh, Wraith. I'd say that one is it's pretty fair to give that one. That like flashback scene of uh Charlie Sheen's character uh you know being killed while his girlfriend gets raped with uh he's getting all cut up in the back and stuff. That's that movie does have some pretty intense themes. I, I think PG thirteen mm-hmm. works pretty well for it and even kind of skirts uh, R a little bit.
1: Are we already seeing the shift of PG-13 movies that don't need to be?
2: I mean, yeah, but it's kind
0: of in the opposite direction of what we're getting now. They're making, you know, they're kind of upgrading PG movies to PG-13 simply because they think that uh, it'll, gather, it'll gather a larger audience. I mean, I know, uh, like, even recently, uh, I, went to, I went to go see uh, Ratchet and Clank, and it was weird. I'm like, oh, God, this is... This is a PG movie like I I can't remember the last like theatrically new PG movie I've seen. So I can kind of understand there's that if you're a younger kid and and you're going to go see a a movie and it's like, oh, oh, it's PG-13. Well, this is going to be a little bit edgier. So they're kind of pushing it in that direction, whereas now they're pushing it in the opposite direction where they're taking R-rated movies and just watering them down. So I'd almost rather them kind of bump them up to PG-13.
2: There was definitely a shift, but it was, uh, as Cecil pointed out, more of a good one. Uh, They were clearly bumping it up because they did figure that would get a a bigger audience. Because yeah, PG-13 was kind of that sweet spot because you could get both the adults and they could get uh, they could bring their kids too, and the kids would want to see it as well. So it was um, was good. It was a good uh, move on their part, at least for that time. You know, obviously the shift would uh, it would shift again to the to the PG thirteen we're seeing nowadays, which is a crappy name make uh, movies like uh, Robocop and Red, Red Dawn that have come out as PG thirteen and might as well be G in a lot of cases. Well, a couple that you actually named, we we said the Wraith, uh, I I think that they were getting
3: comfortable in it and they were starting to use it more appropriately. Little Shop of Horrors is a PG-13. You know, this is a plant that eats people, drinks blood. There's a sadomasochistic dentist who beats his girlfriend. You know, there's profanity. There's an F-bomb in it and some other uh, various swearings. I think they were getting more comfortable with the PG-13 and... After this is where I think it starts to, it, it starts to shift where things become maybe a little less clear. I don't know what your Monster Squad is. Is that 86, 87 area? The M- Monster Squad would Monster Squad would be 87, yeah. 87, yeah. And, you know, I, I think that one was a film that definitely fits that. Okay, that's a PG-13. You know, it's it features children, but it's not necessarily a movie for little children. So... It's it's being used more appropriately, I would say, at this time. I think they were starting to figure it out themselves slowly, but surely it would become abused like everything else is.
1: Well, no, as I said, we're not going to go through every year here, but then let's just move into the 1990s and you started to see kind of how watered down the whole thing got. Look at some of the PG-13 movies of the these are from various years of the 1990s. You've got movies like What's Eating Gilbert Grape, The Water Boy, Robin Hood, Men in Tights, Jack, Gremlins 2, Edward Scissorhands, Forrest Gump, Batman Returns, The Fugitive, City Slickers 2, The Sixth Sense, Tremors, Titanic, Jurassic Park, Independence Day, Ghost, The Fifth Element, Crybaby, Men in Black, Last Action Hero, Arachnophobia, The Mummy. These are all from different years, but I look at this and it looks like there was a war going on. For the PG-13 rating, because movies like Independence Day and Men in Black really didn't need to be PG-13. They didn't really push any boundaries. But then movies like Ghost really didn't need to be PG-13 because that's really a PG movie, isn't it? Was there a war going on within the PG-13 rating itself at this point? Had, had it kind of already been lost to what it was created for?
0: Um, I don't know. I, I think that a lot of those very much deserve the, the rating that they got because there was a lot of stuff in there that was a little bit more than uh, I think a PG crowd would be able to handle. I mean, you have to kind of look at it from a broader perspective. Uh, something like Titanic, you know, on on top of there being nudity and language, there was hundreds of people dying horribly and uh, i think that that very much uh, would be more towards a slightly older audience that would be able to understand it um with ghost you had s- uh, something where this guy was dead and he was trying to reconnect with his uh fiance and trying to tell her you know that she was you know this guy was trying to murder her so there was a lot of themes that went a little bit beyond what uh, pg would go and i think that um it's, it's kind of the weird slippery slope. Uh, I understand that, uh, just because it doesn't have something in it, it should be PG, but there is a, there are certain things that just wouldn't really go over well with, uh, with a younger crowd that would be a little bit too much for them to handle. And I think that that was what would, uh, really start to piss a lot of parents off is, uh, you would send your kid to go see this movie and, oh my god, my kids saw 50 people die, you know? well, <laughs> They didn't die particularly graphically but they did die and a lot of times when you're younger you fill in the blanks a little bit more so your imagine really your imagination really starts to take over and uh, I think that uh, it uh, it wouldn't go over quite as well with uh, with parents sending you know thinking that their kids would be able to handle this and then they couldn't
2: The 90s kind of started to get weird. I've no, I noticed a lot of uh, inconsistency watching uh, 90s movies, and that would be PG, PG 13, and whatnot. And some were very different in tone. Like I actually find it surprising that something like the first Ninja Turtles movie is a mere PG. That one to me always felt more PG 13 ish because it is very very dark and a lot of the themes and, and stuff like uh in it are a little more bleak than than something you would see uh normally in a in a in a PG film even though it is ninja turtles and it's for kids it followed more of the the graphic novels uh more sort of darker and violent approach a movie like independence day i i, I could see that being PG13 i mean uh a lot of people get uh, blasted to shit by alien laser blasts and cities get wrecked and destroyed and it is like a you know a Roland Emmerich disaster porn type film but i mean a lot of people die titanic that one maybe didn't need to be pg13 people do die gruesomely in it i guess but for the most part it's just a cheesy love story for like what 2 hours and then the boat sinks and then you just kind of sit there and go why the fuck did i even watch this but that's a whole other story because <laughs>
1: kate winslet's <laughs> perfect breasts
2: i don't give a shit about kate winslet here's what i here's what i give a shit about i'm watching a movie when leonardo dicaprio wasn't cool yet that's all titanic is to me <laughs> <laughs> titanic and what's eating gilbert grape screw that guy's early shit leonardo didn't get cool until the departed or maybe gangs in new york as i'm saying as i was saying though i kind of got a little a little bit sidetracked but uh There was uh, inconsistency in the 90s with uh, some of the rating systems because you kind of look at it and go, you know, why was this one PG-13, but this one was only PG? This movie seems like it's. It's a lot darker and more violent in its actual content. Like to me, Ninja Turtles is a hell of a lot more violent than Titanic is, but one is PG-13 and one is PG. And I guess it's because, oh, we can market, uh, market the turtles to kids, but I'm sure they, they went and watched that movie and, and were probably pretty freaked out by some of the stuff. And then there's the scene when they're, you know, at Casey Jones's uh, family house and the turtles are all mopey and depressed. And it's like, whoa, this is kind of heavy. So yeah, the, the nineties were a bit weird and that was when we really started to see that true shift in that more like today's rating systems are where you, you take a movie, make it PG 13 and it could very well just be a PG film because it's, they're very, uh, they really started to become neutered at that point.
3: I would say that. What was happening here was the tone was becoming what was being rated here as much as anything. Uh, they were looking at a movie and saying, would kids under 13 even be interested in a movie like this? When you deal with films like Ghost, Titanic, or any of the more dramatic films, I think that it was starting to be that we're thinking, well, maybe kids wouldn't even care about this film or tonally disturbing, you know, tremors was brought up and that to me is definitely a PG-13 film. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, de- you know, it's very gory, a uh, lot of swearing, but I mean, obviously it's the kind of thing three messed up individuals like ourselves would love. Like little kids, you know, I could see it scaring them. I, I mean, uh, Cecil had made a good point about go You've to gotta pe- look at eat a all paper. your, eat
1: all your vegetables or a graboid will get you.
3: Well, it's <laughs> funny when, you know, when I was growing up, I watched John Carpenter's The Thing at, at a very, very young age. And I watched all sorts of horror movies growing up, and I it didn't freak me out, but I remember working in a theater in Florida in the 90s, and uh, Texas Chainsaw 3 was playing. And two kids paid to see one movie and snuck into it. And later that night, we had uh, a mother and police show up to the theater. Oh, wow. And Because the kids weren't talking. Like, they literally were not speaking. They were freaked out so much oh my god that they weren't talking they even had to write out why they were so scared you know we got to remember that not everybody is built the same and i think that's maybe where it was going at this time pg-13 was just saying this is probably not going to appeal to them they're not going to understand it they're not going to understand why why is that mean man trying to kill jack on the titanic while it's probably going to kill them all anyway they're not going to understand those themes, and it's too complex for them. Not saying that they're incapable of digesting. It just It's beyond them a little bit, and they probably wouldn't be interested.
1: At what point or what was the shift where PG-13 became... The audience became that sweet spot that all studios want to hit not you make you make your R rated movie a little tamer or your PG movie a little more graphic. It's let's make a PG 13 movie was do you think that was Titanic. That being such a hit with the teenage girls, was Titanic the moment that everything really changed for better or worse?
0: No, uh, I talked about in my video and I really sincerely think that it was, uh, Janet Jackson's tit on, uh, the Super Bowl because mm-hmm. right at that point, in 2004, there were so many movies that were uh, all getting like an R rating, that were, uh, you know, scheduled to get an R rating and whatnot. And all of a sudden, they were being neutered down to PG-13, and there were a lot of stuff that uh, things were um, – movies that were edgy up to that point, all of a sudden – were getting an R rating. So you had things that were being uh that would have previously gotten a PG thirteen no problem, but all of a sudden we're getting an R because everybody flipped the hell out over the whole nipplegate thing. There were movies that uh came out like a month before That were really edgy. And then there were movies that got thrust in and re-edited to hell. Alien vs. Predator. They removed 40 minutes out of that movie to get it down to PG-13. was supposed to be R to begin with. It was shot to be R. But the studio, for whatever reason, they panicked. And they dialed it back even further than it should have gone. And it ended up kind of being a mess. And there are a lot of movies that suffered because of that. That really... Like, I looked into it, and um, I really think that the shift was in 2004. There were more PG-13 movies than ever before, so all of a sudden they started making the most amount of money, and then consequently they started thinking that that was – when you know that was the point that was the movie that you know we need to make everything pg-13 because that's when those are the movies that everybody's going to go see now realizing that there was just such a large amount of them that were coming out and movies that people wanted to see that just so happened to be that so i really think that that was when that was the point when everything changed
2: I think Cecil uh hit the nail on the head. It is uh yeah, Janet Jackson's tit ruined everything. That whole fiasco completely ruined uh the rating system for the longest time and it's probably still suffering because of it. They just they freaked out over nothing and decided to change everything. We're still suffering for it.
0: Because Titanic was 1999.
2: 8. Mm. And 98? Okay, well it was in theaters for a year,
0: so it was, but even still, even further back. And so if you look at the PG-13 movies that came out after that, they were still pushing it. But then uh, when 2004 happened, then that's when movies started to be edited. Movies that normally would have gotten a PG-13 no problem all of a sudden are getting an R. And then they had to neuter them even further to appease all the people that were all up in arms over something that they didn't even see. It wasn't until the news really uh, showed it and uh, made a big issue about it. Actually, Lewis Black has a brilliant thing where he talks about how absurd it is and how uh, the news was like, look at this. Can't you see how offensive? this is you know and he's just really railing it and yet they're showing
1: it constantly it's so offensive we're going to show it to you nine times in the next hour
0: exactly and but nobody was looking at it like that except for every like people like us were like yeah big deal but then oh my god i can't believe how horrible this is well then why are you showing it repeatedly (laughs) also the
1: fact that that was during the super bowl a game where homoerotic men reach between each other's legs to fondle balls and give each other concussions for fun and a nipple is your problem (laughs)
2: <laughs> yeah it's, it's not this uh it's not this barbaric sport or anything where guys uh purposely give each other concussions and broken bones and shit. you know i kind of picture uh when you were talking about
3: it, Cecil, her having like a nipple piercing with a uh pg-13 earring hanging from it <laughs> <laughs> Well, I'll tell you, I'll I'll be a dissenting vote here again and say I think there's another factor we might not be thinking about here too. I first of all I'd say I'm a, I'm definitely more in Cecil's camp. I I definitely see the change in the switch, you know, especially when you look at the Alien versus Predator, that's that was a great example because that was kind of a what are you doing? You know, you're you're now trying to change the audience you're aiming for even. You know, those both franchises were not just R, they were pretty hard R films. And yeah. Uh, They were changing it. And I think what's going on here, and this is the factor we might be leaving out, is something happened when we went from VHS to DVD. You know, VHSs were expensive when they first came out, but even when they dropped in price, they were clunky. When DVDs hit, I started noticing that a younger generation was coming up, and they were treating them like baseball cards. They were collecting them more. They were, you know, hey, have you seen this? Have you seen this? And suddenly, the meaning of the rating PG-13 didn't mean what it once did. This was something that could be enforced in a theater. And I worked in Circuit City and Best Buys during the rise of DVD, and there was a lot of controversy among the types of movies kids were allowed to buy. And we had policies put in place finally. They could not buy R-rated titles. And then, of course, there were these unrated titles they had to, like, debate the whole time. This was when those uh, Girls Gone Wild videos were coming out, and they had no rating. And we had 12- and 13-year-olds buying stacks of them. I
0: absolutely do not own the
3: entire collection of that. Yeah, exactly. of course you don't. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, this was a big issue then. And what they did is they finally said, all right, no R rated movies. You know, if you're an R, if, if you bring up an R, you have to show ID, but notice it was with R's. The PG 13 had no meaning anymore and DVDs were becoming a huge thing and it was when it first hit it was a a growth market and we saw a bit you know a bit of an influx in films again uh there were more uh, for a brief period some of those more creative films were coming out again they were going direct to dvd but they were happening again sort of back when we had the you know the vhs and uh, drive drive-in boons uh, a little bit and the blockbuster boons you know and they all saw we saw a growth in film again
1: yeah i'm gonna do a whole nother a different episode on direct to video and the impact that had But, I mean, to to speak to what you said, Fred, just two, three years ago, I was buying a $5 Poltergeist DVD, the original Poltergeist, at Target. I was carded for that. That movie is PG. I had to show my ID to buy a DVD of Poltergeist. That's ridiculous.
3: Because, yeah. Because the environment has changed, and that was happening when DVDs were taking over, and we were literally flushing the VHSs out, and I had little old ladies and men yelling at me for not having VHSs anymore. I'm not even joking. <laughs> uh you know, Now what am I supposed to do? <laughs> <laughs> you know, take out a loan. I don't know. It, it changed the definition of the PG-13 because it, it meant nothing anymore as far as the home market was concerned is all I'm saying. That's the short version of it. It didn't have – you couldn't police it like you could at a theater, and kids were seeing these movies. You know, we, we were having a generation growing up media hungry, and then as the Internet came up, it, that just fueled it even more so that's also a factor i think we're leaving out is that uh, the the market was skewing younger now and kids were consuming these movies at a higher rate than we ever did and i mean we were movie hunters they had access to them on you know on the shelves and they were in three dollar bins after a while and then you know then they started popping up on the internet and i just think again the environment changed and and pg-13 just didn't mean what it once did And sometimes you
1: had where a studio wouldn't pander. For instance, once when they were getting, when New Line was gearing up to do Nightmare on Elm Street Part 6, they noticed that the bulk of their audience was between 13 and 16 years old. So they actually pondered for a, for about a second about making Nightmare on Elm Street Part 6, Freddy's Dead, a PG-13 movie. And then thankfully someone at New Line went, no, we're not going to do that. (laughs) <laughs> so so sometimes it happens where they're like, No, that it's not Freddy when he's PG thirteen. Do you think that there's any way to reclaim the PG thirteen? Do you think that we'll ever get PG thirteen the way it was in eighty four and eighty five? Or is it now a symbol for for a wrecked movie, for a compromised film, for a film that's gone through the ringer, or as soon as you see a PG thirteen trailer, you go, Well, I'll just wait for video. Can we reclaim PG thirteen?
0: Um, I don't know. I mean there's been some good pg-13 movies that have come out that i was genuinely surprised i thought uh taken i thought really pushed it and that was pg-13 um there's a couple of others um that have actually been good that uh you know had pg-13 so i don't think it's a lost cause i think that it's getting better but every now and then still a pg-13 movie and it ends up being pg-13 and it kind of pushes it that's cool but it gets really bad when it's like they Go out to make an R rated movie and then the studio dials it back to PG 13. That's the problem. So I don't think that it's a completely lost cause. I think it's getting a little bit better, but it's still nowhere near where it was back in the eighties and you know, prior to 2004 even.
2: I think it'll be reclaimed and I think there is, uh, beginning to be a resurgence with uh, movies like that. Like even you know cecil mentioned taken and that's uh i actually thought that was r-rated when i saw it so you know it's one of those kinds of pg-13 films and also with how well uh deadpool did theatrically and that's R. it's an r-rated movie but it's also it's one of the highest grossing r-rated movies in what 20 years or something so that has to be nothing but good uh for upcoming movies because um they're 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 obviously getting more free reign and freedom to to make the movies they want to make because maybe now the studios are actually trusting their filmmakers a little more. So the better that PG-13 and R-rated movies do, the better R-rated and PG-13 movies we're going to get.
3: Peter actually touched on something I was going to say, but to be quite honest with you right off the bat, I don't care. And I mean that. I don't care if we reclaim any rating. I want Hollywood to start telling a story and telling it the way it needs to be told to stop worrying about uh these kind of details. Peter brought up Deadpool and, you know, we had Mad Max Fury Road. And it seems mm. like uh we're reclaiming those R-rated stories that need to be R-rated again. Yes. And it seems to me like that's what I'd be more concerned. Not about having more R-rated, but having the films be what they are don't start cutting for a rating you know cut the movie the way the movie needs to be told aim for that that's what i want to reclaim i want to reclaim a story being told with a vision and being presented with that vision so i can judge it as it is not what it was or was gonna be or was supposed to be or kind of sorta i want to see the movie that was intended and you know if it sucks let it suck on its own merits I don't care about the PG-13 in the end of the day.
2: In recent time, in the last couple of years, a lot of the movies that have come out have ended up being like in my top 10 or top 20 list. Like movies like *Pain and Gain*, uh, *Drive*, *Only God Forgives*, *Mad Max: Fury Road*. Those were instant classics for me, and the reason being, as um, as Fred said, uh, it's because the filmmakers, the filmmakers, the writers, and the directors are are actually creating their vision. Uh, there, there is little to no studio interference with these films. They're exactly, they're told exactly how they need to be told. The content in them go with, with, uh, what's, what's in the movie. If it's gonna be R, it's R. If it's gonna be PG-13, it's PG-13. Like in the case for, uh, for Taken, uh, for the case for, for Drive, Only God Forgives, Mad Max Fury Road. These are movies when you watch them, they feel complete. They feel like what they're meant to be, and I f***ing love it.
1: The PG-13 rating may or may not actually matter anymore i'm kind of a little bit on on fred's side for this i think it can be reclaimed i look at some of the old 80s movies that were pg-13 they were pretty graphic and i look at the ones today and they just feel so much neutered there's a difference in tone to how the pg-13 movies were made that said i'm against the rating system in general but that's a whole different animal that's a whole nother episode so Cecil, if people want to see your PG-13 shenanigans, where would they go?
0: Uh They can find me being a hard PG-13, and occasionally R, over at uh, EscapistMagazine.com, goodbadflicks.com, uh, YouTube, and all your favorite social media places, uh, if they are Twitter and Facebook.
1: Peter is always a hard R, whether I want him to be or not. <laughs> where would people <laughs> find right. him?
2: Uh, you can find me being uh, X-rated on uh, Twitter at Cinematica, YouTube, The Cinematicus, Facebook, The Cinematicus, on 1201beyond.com. There is no rating. I, I too, again, much like Fred, uh, don't believe too much in ratings, but I do believe we can reclaim good storytelling and great, great stories and great films, and I try to showcase a, a little bit of that.
1: Fred, where can people find you being straight middle-of-the-road PG?
3: Well, I am generally being PG over at Movie Apocalypse on Facebook. But if you come over to my place, it's X-rated all the way, baby.
1: And see me, I, and see me, I, I'm a full triple X because I'm the guy who used to work for Hustler Magazine. Yeah, I, I think I triple think X would be fair. You can find yeah. that at 1201beyond.com. You can contact the show at 1201beyond at gmail.com. Guys, remember the ratings shouldn't matter. It should matter whether the content is any damn good or not. Keep one foot in the gutter, one fist in the gold. <laughs>